Hello and welcome everyone to the fifth episode of Rounding Third with Matthew Rodriguez and Michael Ricardo. We've got another great show for everyone today. We're going to talk about Michael Conforto and Francisco Lindor possibly getting contract extensions with the New York Mets. We're going to talk about Salvador Perez, who did, in fact, get a contract extension with the Kansas City Royals. We're going to talk about Jack Leiter, who had a no-hitter with Vanderbilt um, in college baseball, 16 strikeouts, a great performance. We're going to talk about um, a fun thing with Zach Granke and what he hopes to achieve um, for his retirement, a fun career milestone. And I'm also going to be talking about a list that I made of future Hall of Famers um, that I've made and we'll um, talk about that as well as um, some stuff going on in spring training and much more. Yeah, all right, let's get it started. So let's start with uh, Lindor and Conforto's uh, extension possibilities. And this is a close one to me as I am a Mets fan. Uh, I, I think it's kind of worrying that like we're so close to the season and not one of these are done. Like uh, a guy like Conforto, I think I've mentioned in the past, he is an agent named Scott Boris, who's known to be one of the most notoriously, I don't know, cheap or like uh, kind of in-depth uh, agents who really wants to get the most money for his client, which is fair enough. But sometimes he's been known to go over, like step over his own boundaries. And uh, I think that one's more likely to get done considering Conforto is a homegrown product for the Mets. He, uh, he's kind of a leader of this Mets team, and he's just such a nice figure for the New York Mets baseball, uh, like you know, like organization. On the other hand, Lindor, uh, he's made it clear that unless he gets a contract extension by opening day, he's going to go into free agency. Not meaning anything like negative against the Mets, but he doesn't want to be distracted in the season with any contract talks because that can make people get upset with, you know, a team being cheap or something like that. Uh, but, you know, that's worrying for the Mets considering he's, you know, one of the best shortstops in baseball. But on the other hand, the Mets can look at it at the point that there's so many other good shortstops that are likely going to be free agents, Trevor Story, uh, Javier Baez, Corey Seager. So maybe they could get one of those if nothing can be reached with Lindor, whether it be in before the season or in, free agency yeah and i mean they're, uh, they're both having really good uh, spring trains right now but let me ask you a question so obviously yeah. um everyone knows about the whole tatis extension thing do you think that it made it mm-hmm. it would make it harder uh for lindor do you think it would make it make it harder or easier um for them to land a deal with him based off of how much tatis is getting it, I think it's a tricky thing because if, if you look at Tatis's numbers, uh, like I don't remember the exact numbers, but he's not getting paid like as much as you'd think. Like he's not getting paid near Mookie Betts numbers, and that's what Lindor is looking for. But I think the Mets kind of set their price at right around Tatis's numbers because, like, for I think Francisco's a more proven shortstop. He's had more success over like a certain number of years. He is such a great war, and he's a great defensive shortstop. But he did have a bad 2020, but that doesn't mean much to anyone because it was a 60-game season. So I think the Mets are kind of setting their price at the Tatis number, but they're also trying to uh, not underwhelm him with a price. So I think, if anything, it's kind of made it hard because Fernando uh, Francisco thinks he's worth more than Tatis, and the Mets think he should be just at Tatis's number. I think that they should do it um, where he's like just at 
uh, Tatis's number because you think about it. Um, I mean, age wise and also um, playing time wise, you think about um, Tatis. You know, he's younger. Obviously, he's played less games as well. And also the fact that, you know, Lindor, he's had more success. Um, he's also played much longer. He's more awards. And he also went to the World Series with the Indians as well. So, you know, obviously he's had more of an impact on the game, both offensively and defensively. I mean, he's great. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those hard things where I think – a lot of people think the Mets are going to get it done before opening it's day, possible. and I'm just praying for that because I, I don't even I don't care if they overpay for him, but like you know, there's a difference between overpaying and completely like you know completely overpaying somebody. And I think if anything, the Mets should be interested in trying to pay him, especially considering how much they gave up to get him and Carlos Carrasco. But worst, worst comes to worst, they could potentially try and sign someone like Trevor Story and see what they can do. True, yeah, that. and um, you know, Carlos Carrasco, Carrasco, I think, I think he's, he's going to be missing at least, least a month. month. I think I'm not sure. sure. Six to eight weeks, and that was the first report, but a lot of people believe a Terra 1 grade shouldn't take as long. So I think the six to eight weeks comes with the fact that before he got hurt, he hadn't pitched a single spring, tree, uh, spring right. training game. So I think, you know, he has to get his arm going again. So that accounts for those extra three weeks or whatever. And that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and speaking about um, contract extensions, Salvador Perez, um, he got, got one, I think, four-year deal with, with the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, I, th- I think it was four years, $82 million. And, uh, like, this one kind of was questionable on my, I, on my opinion. He's the guy's like 32 years old. The stats prove he's declining defensively. Uh, he had a great year last year. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know if his his knees are sustainable. He, you know, after a certain age, he's going to have to be one of those catchers where you're going to have to think about moving into first base or catcher or um, uh, DH. Yeah. So, and especially considering they're paying in 20 million a year, I just think that's a little right. High. And it's, it's actually a franchise record. Um. Yeah, eighty-two million, and it's surpassing the left fielder Alex Gordon's deal, which was seventy-two million in two thousand fourteen. Yeah, I think the reason it's franchise record breaking is because how much he's done for the franchise. He's been there when they've won a World Series. He's been their best player for years and years. I don't know. Maybe they're just kind of paying a tribute, and they want him to be a, a royal for life, which is nice of them. But they still did overpay in the end. And um, I think I, I can't really hear you right now, but I think your next topic you were going to talk about is Jack Leiter. I think it's the nephew of Al Leiter. I don't think it's the son, but uh, he's a pitcher for Vanderbilt. And he recently threw a no hitter. I forget which team it was against, but no matter what the circumstances are, a Division One pitcher throwing a no hitter is quite the accomplishment. Uh, he before throwing a no hitter, he was like a mid ranked prospect, like a mid first rounder, and I think this definitely improved his draft stock afterwards. He's you know proven that he can pitch at a high level, and he's I maybe been overshadowed by other guys on that roster, like notably Kumar Rocker. He's going to be potentially the first pick in the twenty twenty one MLB draft, 
So, you know, it's just an exciting team, and I can't imagine how exciting it's going to be to be on that team when it comes to playoffs and everything like that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, now moving on to um, something fun that was happening, um, Zach Granke, um, he was saying how um, – he, he was talking to reporters, and reporters were asking him, you know, um, he's had such a great career. They're asking him, what kind of milestones are you looking forward to? You know, he's nearing the um, 3,000 strikeout mark, um, and – they're asking him, you know, what are you most looking forward to milestone-wise? And he said that he's looking forward to the 10-10 milestone, which is where so, – because he's also played in the National League. You know, he, he's played with the Diamondbacks. And, you know, he's looking forward to the 10-10 milestone, which is 10 home runs and 10 stolen bases for a pitcher. And it, listen to this, Mikey. There are only four pitchers in the modern era who have reached the 10-10 mark. Bob Gibson – Bucky Walters, Walter Johnson, and Harry Howell. And he would be joining that list as Wow. Yeah. The only people to have hit ten home run the only pitchers to hit ten home runs and ten have ten stolen bases. And you know what surprises me? Mm-hmm. Madison Baumgartner, he's not on that list uh, at all. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't steal bases as much. I mean the guys definitely hit home runs. But oh, yeah, uh, definitely. I, don't, I, I don't know how, how his stolen bases numbers are. Uh, I think it's going to be hard for Granky. I don't know what his contract is with the Astros. I think he's a free agent a year or something like that. But unless him, yeah. he goes to a National League team, he's kind of it's kind of hard for him to do because like he's going to have to bet on him playing in interleague games and hitting well. Right. And considering they don't have good batting averages, it's going to be hard to see him doing that. Right, yeah, and um, so his contract, he's actually free agent in 2022. Yeah, yeah, that's what I I figured. I remembered uh, hearing that guys like him and I think Verlander are all going to be free agents in 2022, so we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, and looking at the Astros um, schedule for the 2021 season, I'm looking for um, interleague games. So they play the Rockies. they play the Dodgers, the Padres, the um, the Giants, and I think that yeah, I think those are the only uh, interleague games. So I think he'd have probably have the best shot doing against the Rockies. You know, think about yeah. Coors Field. Obviously, would give him an advantage. Um, he's got to hope that that he's pitching that day too, because you know, right. if if he only gets like. Uh, if there's only three games and in the three game series, you know, he it's not like it's not always confirmed that he's going to be pitching. And at that, you know, he's a good hitting pitcher, but pitchers normally don't hit well either way. So, especially he hasn't pitched in a while. I mean, I mean, he hasn't hit in a while. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they, pitchers didn't even pitch at all last year. I mean, oh my, what am I saying? Pitchers didn't even hit at all last year. And, you know, like you said, w- once he joined the Astros, um, sort of limits his ability to do that yeah so uh yeah and um another fun thing that's happened this week um in 2017 um adam jones robbed manny machado of a home run in the world baseball classic and that's that's probably one of the things that i look forward to uh even though it's every four years uh the world baseball classic with all the different countries sort of like the um what's it called uh, the World Cup, but um, in baseball. And, you know, it, it's just a lot of fun to see uh, different countries. Obviously, you know, I root for both 
um, Puerto Rico and the U.S. when it comes to that. So it was a lot of fun when they both, um, I think they were both in the finals in 2017. And um, the the U.S. ended up coming on top. And I think Marcus Stroman won the MVP for that. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I love the World Baseball Classic too, especially because um, this is kind of an example of when the U.S. isn't, is more of an underdog because teams like the Dominican Republic and oh, no, Puerto stacked. Rico always, yeah, they're always stacked. Yeah, Puerto and, Rico, you know, especially like with, um, sorry, intro, but like Yadier Molina and Javier yeah. Baez, stacked. You know, and you know, it's always like, it's always fun to see who's going to play where because like I, I know a guy yeah. like uh, the Mets closer, Seth Lugo, he like, and I, it doesn't, it kind of sounds weird, but he doesn't look like he's Puerto Rican, but, he well, he played for team Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> I know, no, yeah. but like you know what I mean, though. And other guys, like there was somebody who played for Team Italy two years ago, and he doesn't have an Italian last name. I, I forget who it was, but it's just always fun to see like who's playing where and like who's the most stacked team that year. Because in all honesty, in the last World Baseball Classic, you look at the lineup for. Um, of the USA, it wasn't amazing. I think they had guys, the best guys they had were Christian Yelich, and even back then he wasn't like amazing. They also had they had MVP Stanton though. Let me, oh, yeah. let, me, let me read you the um the lineup. So they had for catchers, they had you know they had Buster Posey, Jonathan Lucroy, infielders they had Nolan Arenado, Alex Bregman, Matt Carpenter, Brandon Crawford, Paul Goldschmidt, Eric Hosmer. Um, they also had Ian Kinsler and Dale Murphy. And outfielders, they had Adam Jones, Andrew McCutcheon, Stanton, and Yelich. And another catcher I forgot to mention was A.J. Ellis. But, I mean, that's, yeah, I, that's stacked. They had – I guess they were better back then. But, like, looking at it now, they're most of those guys aren't amazing nowadays. Like, Arenado's still staying with it, so it's Bregman and Stanton, sort of. But, like, Posey's kind of washed up and McCutcheon's kind of washed up. But it's always fun to see who's gonna play, and we've—I don't think we've ever really seen Trout play in one of these, which would be amazing. As I don't think so, because the other one happened in 2013. Then I think, yeah, I mean, still on that one. I yeah. mean, rightfully so that he doesn't want to what whatever be like get injured, or he doesn't want to waste like his time doing it. But it would just be amazing to well, see. I mean, it's during it. like spring training time, kind of. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. He's not really missing anything. You know, but, like, uh, some players just don't want to risk it and get injured. That's the whole thing with all-star games, too. If a team's, like, a definite World Series contender, sometimes they ask their players not to play in it just for their so own health like, reasons. Sort of like, uh, well, not exactly, but in a similar sense to the um, home run derby. Yeah, yeah. But um, a different kind of, but yeah. I, I I don't know if there is there gonna when's the next one? Is it supposed to be this year? But it was canceled with the pandemic. Supposed to be, I think. Yeah, either this year or last year, or something like that. But um, I know it's every four years, so it must have been this year. But as of from what I remember, um, it was canceled, maybe mm-hmm. postponed. I think. Um, but yeah, I'm not hundred percent sure what they're gonna be, um, doing with that now. Yeah, you can only hope for the best. Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to move on to the big topic of the day? The list. The my list. So, I've been working on this list for, I mean, ever since um, ever since the Hall of Fame was announced um, in January, and I've been working on this list ever since. 
So it's a list of, um, well, I used the list of the top 100 um, active players, both pitchers and hitters, um, um, based on their war. So the top 100 MLB active war leaders. So, and what I did was um, I judged whether, I mean, it's, it's all my opinion, you know, it could happen or could not happen. Um, only time will tell, but, um, and I judged whether I think that they could be potential Hall of Famers or not. So it's um, my list of the 2021 potential um, future Hall of Famers based on um, the top 100 active war players in the MLB. So I made mm. this list um, earlier. And when I went to check about a week ago, um, a bunch of the players from the actual top 100 were gone. And I was confused at first, but um, then I realized that some of these players were still free agents and they hadn't signed yeah. any teams yet, like uh, Cole Hamels, uh, Ryan Braun, but he sort of hinted towards his retirement, but he's so um, undecided mm-hmm. as, as of now. Um, yeah. Edwin Encarnacion. So those are just three examples, um, but neither of them were on my list to begin with. But mm-hmm. um, it was just sort of weird because then it shifted. So now I had to add um, a couple extra players that I um, that were then in the top 100. So, I mean, um, I was going to make it official on opening day. Um, but, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to really be signing now. I mean, there's 10 days left, actually, as of today. Yeah. Um, and it's, so... It'd be weird. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the first ones... So, yeah, I'll go in order from what I have. So the first few are pretty obvious. Um, so the number one person um, of active war right now is Albert Pujols. I mean, it's mm-hmm. obvious he's going to the Hall of Fame, you know, obviously, at, yeah. least, <laughs> at least 95 to 98% um, first ballot. Um, I mean, he's had such an incredible career. Um, and, it, and, it, and it's really cool to see, you know, you look at all these different um, records in MLB and you know in baseball reference their names are for active players their names are bold right so you look at those and you're going through all these lists and you see like one bold player towards the top of almost every hitting list and it's Albert Pujols and it just goes to show how like incredible how he's still active and we have such a legend um, yeah. playing in front of us right now and it's, it has such an incredible career so Albert Pujols is obviously I'm going to make it in. And then the next few, I'm just going to list off because they're obviously, I mean, if they retired today, they would all be inducted, you know, first ballot. So Albert Pujols is number one. Um, his war is 100.8. And um, so I'll list off the first few. So second is Mike Trout. And then it's Zach Greinke, Justin Verlander, Miguel Cabrera, Clayton Kershaw, and Max Scherzer, I mean, those guys are all, you know, first ballot. Um, yeah. Another one is Joey Votto. Um, he's after Max Scherzer, and just his his on base percentage is incredible. He's led the league like seven times in on base percentage, and he has the highest active one right now, which is four nineteen, which is insane. Um, 
after Joey Votto is Mookie Betts. I mean, he's he's not even 30 yet, and he's just had such an incredible career so far. He's won a World Series in both the American and National League. He's won MVP. I mean, he's just a great player right now. Um, next is Chris Sale. Um, he needs to stay healthy, but Chris yeah. Sale actually holds the MLB record for um, strikeouts per walk ratio, which is uh, 5.37. Um, I mean, for the past, you know, eight years, he's been in the top five for Cy Young voting each time, which is mm-hmm. really crazy. Um, but, yeah, he needs to stay healthy. But if he stays consistent, then, yeah. Um, next up is Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, he's a great hitter. Um, he has a career batting average of 293. Um, and he he was second in MVP voting in 2013. And he was third in 2017. And he's just a great hitter. And he's also a really good fielder as well, uh, first baseman. He has won um, three Golden Gloves. And he's, he's all around great. And I think that – oh, and another thing I forgot to mention is um, – these are also based off if the player stays consistent throughout his career with obviously a slight decline with age, you know, when they're about to retire. Uh, next on the list, um, he's sort of um, a wild card almost in a sense that he's not as um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't want to say not as good because he's still a great player – but he's not as much of a um, – I don't know. I can't think of the word for it. But it's um, Andrew McCutcheon. He is next on the list. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had a great run from, you know, 2011 to 2015 when he was on the Pirates. He won MVP, and he was top five in MVP. Um, each of those – well, four out of the five years – um, over the span of 2015 to 2011. He was an all-star each of those years. But ever since he went to, you know, the Phillies or, well, really even um, yeah, he's the, the Giants, the Giants too, he sort of declined a little bit. He's still a great consistent hitter, but he's not um, as powerful of a hitter as he used to be. But he's still a great hitter. And if he stays consistent, I think it's possible for him to get in the Hall of Fame, even if it's, you know, maybe veterans, um, the Veterans Committee votes him in. But he's, I, he's, he's a great player either way. I think, I think that's one where I disagree with you. And I know, like, when we collaborate on this a little bit, you asked me, like, some of the more controversial ones like him. Right. And I, I don't know. In my opinion, I think he had a great stretch, like, five-year stretch of baseball and outside of that, he hasn't done much else. So, like, of course, yeah. from 2011 to 2015, he was great, like you said, top five in the MVP voting. For four years in a row, he has four Silver Sluggers, one Gold Glove, five All-Stars. And he was fourth in the Rookie of the Year voting, which, no offense, but doesn't mean much to anyone. Uh, but outside of that, like you said, after he left Pittsburgh, pretty much, he had he's been declining ever since. I mean, he hasn't hit above 260 since 2018 and even before even in 2017 and 16 he only hit like 279 and 17 and 256 and 16 
his home run numbers haven't been there. Uh, he hasn't hit more than 20 home runs since 2018, I think. And overall, I just don't think his hitting's been there. And he's he's not a liability in the outfield, but from what I've seen watching the Mets versus Phillies games, he kind of is. So I don't know. I just don't – I don't think he's there yet. I, I mean, he had a great stretch, but I just don't believe him to be an M, like a, a Hall of Famer. That's true. But you never know. If he stays consistent, it's possible that he might get in. Who knows? But um, next on the list is John Lester. And the reason I chose John Lester is because, um, well, first of all, he's won three World Series. He also, this year, and I was thinking, I was on edge with him at first um, due to the fact that, you know, he's 37 years old and he was a free agent this year. And the reason is because at first I I wasn't know if he was going to retire or if he was going to sign, you know, a one or two year deal, which he ended up doing with the Nationals. Um, I think it was a one year deal. And the reason is Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, two things that I think um, what makes a Hall of Famer is one, you know, they have to have have passed a bunch of career milestones, you know, whether it's the 3000 hit mark, 3000 strikeout mark, 250 wins, you know, um, lead the league in a bunch of stats over the course of your career or two. Um, well, also, you know, having a bunch of accolades, you know, all-stars, gold gloves, silver sluggers, you know, to add to your resume. Mm. And another thing is, um, is that they have to be consistently, you know, really good throughout their entire career. But, um, and John Lester is um, one of those players. And the reason I chose him to be a possible future Hall of Famer is because this year he was going to be passing um, a bunch of milestones. You know, he's going to get over 2,500 strikeouts. Right now he's at uh, 2,397, so he'll pass that. We'll also probably pass the 200 win mark. Right now he's at um, 193. He was also, um, you know, going back to the World Series thing, he was also a really great postseason pitcher. You know, he played in uh, in 17 series. Well, he was in 17 series. And um, he pitched 154 innings. And he had an ERA of 2.51. I mean, that's really, really good. And, um, you know, if he – the Nationals are a great team. So, um, you know, I don't doubt that he's going to, you know, just have a a bad year or anything. But if he stays consistent this year, if he doesn't get injured, I think he might get in. And, um, you know, it's actually funny because he's played for Boston, Chicago, and he's also played for Oakland. But with Boston, Chicago – he played for Boston for nine years, and he had an ERA of 3.64. He played for Chicago for six years and also had an ERA of 3.64. And something else I just realized because I'm looking at his baseball reference page. Um, both both teams, he posted a 6.36 win-loss percentage, which I don't know. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, um, as far as Lester goes, in my opinion, I think he definitely could be a Hall of Famer. I think he his number his continuity of success is there. He's great in the postseason, like you said. Uh, like I think, I think if like you know if he were to retire today, I think I don't think he'd be like a first year Hall of Famer or anything like that. But like you know, it'd take him a few years to get in 
Maybe right, like right, yeah. I don't think he's going to get it in his first year. Either. Yeah, like sixth or seventh year or something like that. I just don't think yeah. he'll have continuity from like because he's thirty six. I could say maybe one or two more years left. He has. Uh, I don't like. I like you said. The Nationals are a good team. He's a back end of the rotation guy, but his his right. whiff rate has gone down. His hard hit percentage has gone up and like the batting average on balls and play against him has really gone up. So he's got to hope that the defense behind him can help him out a little bit, which I definitely think it can True. with the nationals. They've got a good um, shortstop, a uh, good center fielder. And they're the only problem is I guess the catcher because he's losing a catcher like Wilson Contreras. who's a great game caller to Jan Gomes and someone else I'm forgetting the name of. That's true. Yeah. But, um, I mean, going back to consistency, I mean, that's it doesn't get more consistent than that with a player. But we'll have to see at the end of the year. Um, another thing I forgot to mention is that I did not include any players that use steroids. So, yeah. um, you know, Ryan Braun isn't on this Cano's list. Out. And uh, Robinson Cano, yeah. And he, he's also It's out. such a shame because, I mean, I don't know how – I think he's used it twice, once with the Mariners and now with the Mets. I think he, if he – didn't and if he only used it when he was with those teams, even with his career with the Yankees, you think he might go in, which is such a shame. Yeah, that's true. Um, so moving on next on my list is Buster Posey. I mean, I know he's been injured um, for quite some time after what year was it he was injured? Um, in 2011. It was after the collision at home plate, or something like 11 or 12. Yeah, I think it's 2011 because it shows that he only played 45 games, so it was probably then. Um, I mean, he's won MVP. He's won Rookie of the Year. He was just an incredible catcher. Um, he won three World Series with the Giants, four Silver Sluggers. Yeah. He has a career batting average of 302, and he's only 33 years old, which is really good. Um, he opted out of the 2020 season, but – I don't know, Mikey. Have you heard any word that he's going to be? I think I, I, I don't think he would. Says that he's a free agent in twenty. I don't think he would be playing. You don't think he I, is? I think he's playing. I don't think he wouldn't be playing. Like I said, uh, I don't think it's really. Oh, he would. I don't think oh, it's okay. really debatable. I think he's definitely a Hall of Famer. Like because especially with catchers, like it's some. I, I wouldn't say it's easier. It's harder to make it as a catcher. But if you like set yourself aside, like as a catcher then you've definitely, like, done something for yourself. Like, he's been all around amazing defensively and offensively. He has one, two, he's one, two, three, four silver sluggers. He has a, a gold glove, like you said, MVP rookie of the year. And he's got how many World Series? He has three World Series the with Giants. the Giants. Three, yeah. Case. Uh and especially considering he's at the catcher spot, I think he will go into the Hall of Fame. Uh, he's going to go down as one of the best catchers in, you know, maybe even the history of baseball. Uh, yeah, I really? definitely think wow. so. I, I think. I mean, he's definitely one of the greatest offensive catchers because I feel like one of the hardest things to find is a consistent offensive yeah. catch. I mean, you look at catchers like Gary Sanchez, who, I mean, he's a great, you know, mm-hmm. power uh, catcher when it comes to hitting. Um, I mean, everything he hits is, like, hard hit, like, at least 100 miles mm. an hour. But, you know, it's so hard to come across a great offensive catcher like um, Mike Piazza or even um, 
uh, Rodriguez with the with the Rangers. So it's it's just really hard to come around one. And Buster yeah. Posey is that one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I I don't think there's a doubt in my mind that he will make it as long as I don't know. No, he didn't take steroids or some big allegation comes up against him. All right. All right. Next on the list is Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, he's just got to stay healthy. That's the one thing. If he stays healthy for the rest of his career, then definitely I think he's got a chance to make it. He's led the league in home runs twice, um, slugging three times. And, you know, he was MVP back in 2014 as well. But he's just got to stay consistent. And I think 100% he'll make it. I mean, the home runs are definitely there. I think – I want your take on this. I think he can make it to the 500 home run. What's club. he at now? He's at three. He's I, at I think he can, but like you said, it's up to hell. I think if he continues the way he's playing, well, not the way he's playing, like if he continues uh, his trend of playing like 60 to 70 games a year, I don't think he'll make it in. But if he can just sit back, be the DH of the New York Yankees, and you know hit 30 to 40 home runs a year, maybe 100 RBIs will be fine. Yeah, definitely, and especially like with the the way he played in the mm. postseason. Um, you know, batted three sixteen in the the division series against the Rays, and he had um, you know four home runs, and he had a great streak. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, so next is uh, Yadier Molina, and he was sort of a um, a borderline player to me, but I think that he would get in. For his defense behind the yeah, plate. Yeah, I, I definitely think Yadier is like he's kind of along the same lines of Buster Posey. He's a less, like you said, a less impactful offensive player, but he's also some World Series with the Cardinals, which also helps his case. He has nine gold gloves, which it's not the most. Bees Pudge has the most, but he's definitely up there. Uh, four right. platinum gloves. He's also won four platinum gloves. Yeah, he's won a Silver Slugger, so that means that at one point he's probably beat out Buster. Uh, Silver Slugger. 2013. And, oh, wow, yeah, he batted yeah, 319 he, that year. I mean, he's got, a, he's got a good batting average. It's just that, you know, he only has 2,001 hits. I mean, I know those are really not the best stats when you're considering a player's value, mm-hmm. you know, hits and stuff like that. But, um, I mean, yeah, I, he was good in the postseason as well. He batted you know, 280, and he also won two of the World Series with the Cardinals in 06 and in 2011. But, yeah, I think mainly for his defense, but he's going to be a very Yeah, I think player. he'll make it based on fielding more than hitting. He only had a 737 OPS for his career, and I think maybe he has a year or two left in the tank, so we'll see. Yeah, I think he's third on the all-time um, catcher's list for – caught stealing. I think he has like 16 away from um, the record, which is, I forgot who has it. Um, but I want your take. Do you think that he can, do you think that he'll have the record by the end of his career? He signed a one-year deal. Remember him and Adam Wainwright both signed a one-year deal with the Cardinals, and he's currently 38 years yeah, old. Yeah, I think he do- I think he will, because uh, I know, of course, everyone says don't run on Yachty, but everyone kind of thinks that he's an older catcher now, so maybe he doesn't have as much of an arm, or maybe his pop time isn't as great. But I think he'll continue to prove that he's a great defensive catcher. 
and he'll finish off his two years strong, maybe not, you know, MVP caliber, but if if he's as close as you say, like somewhere near like 16, or even if I were to say somewhere near like 20 or 30, I think he'd still get it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I think that he might get it, but at, at the same time, um, if you look at, you know, how many he's had in the, the past years, I mean, his percentage, you know, stealing per clock ceiling is very yeah. good, but um, let me see. Uh, 2000 caught stealing. So in 2020, he had five. 2019, he had eight. In 2018, he had 12. So we would have to pass both of those. Yeah. You know, he would ha- he would have to have a really good season to. But I I think he's yeah I he think I think he'll be fine. All right, moving on to the next. Moving on to the next is Manny Machado. Um, he's a great contact hitter, and especially, you know, he wasn't really good in, what was it? I think it was, um, let me see. He had a bad run in 2019, yeah, where he led the league and grounded into double plays, and, you know, he batted 256. He just had a terrible season, you know, once he left the Dodgers. And, um, but, I mean, 2020, I mean, he, he was third in the MVP voting. I mean, he was just you know, incredible. And he had such a great mm-hmm. bounce back year. And um, I think that he has potential definitely to be a future Hall of Famer. I mean, he's on a great team that's eventually going to win a World Series one way or another. I mean, he's just got such a great squad on his team. And he's also, um, I mean, he wasn't the best postseason hitter, but I mean, he didn't really get much of a chance either. Um, but I think that he's definitely he's definitely got a chance with the numbers he has. And if he stays consistent the way he has, you know, last year, even though it was a 60 game season, I think he's definitely got a chance because in 2015 and 16, he finished fourth and fifth in the MVP voting. When he was yeah. The um, I'm going to go ahead and say that I think he's too young for me to put him on that list yet. I think. Yeah. Well, he's yeah, only 28 years old. You I know, mean, but it's not like. On the tra- if, he, if he follows along the trajectory here. that he's on, I think he definitely could make it. But he clearly shown that, like, I mean, 2020 we can only take with a grain of salt. And like you said, 2019 was sort of, like, meh, like, below average for him. If he cont- I'll say this. If he continues on his trajectory, it being, like, a 280 hitter, like an 825 OPS player, uh, I think he'll make it in. But I- I'd still have to wait on him and make sure that he continues on that trajectory. I don't see him as a consistent player yet. Okay. Um, next on the list is David Price um, with the Red Sox. Um, he was he was really good, um, but also with the Tampa Bay Rays. Let me go to his page real quick. Um, <clears throat> okay, so yeah, especially with the Tampa Bay Rays. I mean, he just you you look at all the black ink that he has on his uh, baseball reference page. You know, he won Cy Young with the Tampa Bay Rays in 2012. He's um, he's a five-time All-Star, and he holds the he held the ERA title twice. He's only well, he's 35 years old, so he's getting up there in age. Um, but you know, pitchers usually tend to be able to play more consistently during their career than during the end of their career than um, hitters. But um. He, he started a bunch of games. You know, he led the league in 11, 14, and 16. 
um, with games started, and he's got a he's got a pretty nice ERA of three point three one, and um, he's about to reach the two thousand strikeout mark, and I think that if he stays consistent with the way he has, you're thinking you're playing with the Dodgers, you're obviously going to have, you know, probably double the amount of wins than losses in, um, in your resume. Uh, for the 2021 season, you uh, we know he opted out in 2020. But, um, I mean, he seems to be doing all right in spring training. Um, yeah, he pitched six innings and gave up two runs, which is really good. So he seems to be doing good, and he should be ready for opening day and stuff like that. But I think he's he's got a chance to, to be in the Hall of Fame if he stays the way yeah, he has I'm, been. Yeah, I am agree with you on mostly everything. He's a potential Hall of Famer. Uh, he's got a great whip. Uh, he's, I think, yeah, he's won that World Series with Boston. And I guess technically he got a ring in, in uh, L.A., but, you know, it is what it is. Well, he didn't. He, no, but I think you t- potentially. I think, I think one, you no. get one either way because you're listed on their payroll. No, he he didn't no? get one. He didn't get one. I mean, you'd think you know because he's in the organization, but on his baseball reference mm-hmm. pages, no, it doesn't say he got a ring. Just shows his 2018 World Series. But you know, he he was he won a World Series with Boston. He's been a good pitcher, especially in like you said, Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't think he'll be that bad going forward, so I think he he'll be fine. He'll make it eventually. Wow! It yeah, it did not say. So I just looked up. Uh, did did David Price get a ring? The first thing that came up was um. Uh, David Price already got his World Series ring in 2018 mm-hmm. with the Red Sox. Um, so it's not as emotionally wrenching. As it is that it could, yeah. So oh, no, he well. didn't get one. Hmm. That's surprising. Um, Why don't you go over some of the more controversial ones? Because you know, that's what the crowd wants to hear. So well, the crowd's gonna hear my damn list, Mikey. I spent three months on now, but um, well, next is Nolan Arenado. We all know him as a great fielder mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um. You know, moving to the Cardinals, I mean, that was obviously a win for the Cardinals because um, they're getting the best def- the best defensive third baseman in MLB. But at the same time, he's not a great hitter outside of Coors Field. You know, obviously, um, the thin mm-hmm. air definitely helped him. But, I mean, we'll, we'll see what has what's going to happen. You know, obviously, he'll have to adjust and everything like that. But I think it's going to take time at first. But um, yeah, he's just a great fielder. Um, yeah, I think for that. Def- I think he'll be fine in St. Louis. Maybe not the same kind of hitter as he was in uh, Coors, but I think he'll be fine. He's even if he doesn't do that well offensively, he's thin air can't help you know his glove that much. So I think he'll be fine. Right. Uh, he's got what he's got a few platinum gloves. He's an eight-time Gold Glover, four platinum gloves. And five-time All-Star, I definitely see him making more. And he's still pretty young. He's at the age of 29, maybe 30 now. So I think there's only more good to come for him. Yeah, definitely. Next up is um, Freddie Freeman, um, who won MVP in 2020. Um, I mean, you look at greatest Braves hitters, 
the three I can think of are Dale Murphy, Hank Aaron, and Freddie Freeman. Those are the three that come to mind for me. He's a great hitter. He's he's 30 years old, so, you know, um, he's not, like, in a slump yeah. or anything. Um, yeah, he, he's a great hitter. And um, two Silver Sluggers, four All-Star games, he's definitely potential. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, I disagree a little bit with your Braves, best Braves hitters, but I definitely agree he's a Hall of Famer. I have, who, who uh, you have Hank then? Who Aaron, you have then? Who's uh, your three? Hank Aaron, Chipper Jones, and uh, my well, Freddie's. I don't know. I'd have to see how he ends his career, but yeah, I didn't think of Chipper ha, Jones. Gotcha. I didn't think of Chipper okay, Jones. On to the next. <laughs> so much for a list. That just sounds like they're just trying to. Whatever, whatever. Next is Jacob Degrom. I don't feel like explaining that. Yeah, one. I um, think you can explain. Well, it. as a representative of the Jacob Degrom uh, Degrom fan club. Uh, he's a two-time Cy Young winner. Uh, he came third last year. He's run a, one of Rookie of the Year. He's just continuing to get better. The only thing that's holding him back, he's getting a little bit older. He started his career at the age of 27, but he's he's still increasing velocity. Great. He's still continuing to be a great player in baseball, and I I think he'll be fine. Next is Jose Altuve. Yes, I'll I'll take a moment. Um, he was the one that you know it's up to the writers because the writers mm-hmm. are very against cheaters. We know that they cheated, so I mean, <laughs> I don't really know how to explain this one. But he, he's he's a great hitter. Um, but you know we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. You know he had a terrible twenty twenty year. Um, I smiled <laughs> when I said that, but um, we'll we'll have to see what happens with that. But um, yeah, I don't I don't really know. He's got the numbers, definitely. You know, he could retire today; yeah. and he'll probably get in. But I don't know what the writers will think. I personally think he should not be in it. I only put him on the list because you know we've never seen anything like this happen. You know, ever since you know. What was it, uh, nineteen twenty or something? When was the yeah? I don't remember the, the year, standard? but it was, it was a long time ago. <laughs> like the nineteen nineteen, or whatever. So I mean, I don't know what I... they'll do with him. Whatever. Next is Madison Bumgarner. He's a great pitcher as well as a hitter. I mean, he's the greatest World Series pitcher of all time. Um, let me see where it is. He he's might even be one of the greatest postseason pitchers of all time, but he has the lowest ERA in a World Series in World Series history um, combined. He has a .025 ERA um, in the World Series, which is yeah the lowest of all time. I think the next is Christy Mathewson, who's a Hall of Famer, yeah. um, an incredible pitcher, and yeah, I mean just postseason alone, he's just Madison Bumgarner is insane. Uh, he didn't have a good year with the the Diamondbacks, but I mean, just as a San Francisco Giant, I mean, I'm sure they're going to retire his number. He won three World Series with them, definitely helped them through all of that. You know, he won NLCS MVP and World Series MVP, so I'm sure that the he's definitely a San Francisco Giant Hall of Famer. But he might even be a Hall of Famer depending on you know how he continues to be. With yeah, the, 
Uh, if you don't, I'm just going to quickly uh, comment on that. Yeah, he's, I think everyone's underestimating that he's still at the age of 30, and that's young for a, like a good pit. Yeah, like he's younger 31, than. Yeah. I think he's maybe might be like a few months older than Garrett Cole. He's younger than Degrom. He's younger than Verlander, and he seems like he's been around for so long because you know he's won so many of those World Series with the Giants in the early 2010. So there's only more to come for him. And I, you know, just keep adding on to those stats. He'll probably reach 3,000 strikeouts eventually. We'll just have to see. So he actually has 19 home runs as a hitter, but zero stolen bases. That's the thing. And he has he has 62 RBIs. Just gonna put that there. That's inc- that's incredible. Um. Next on the list is Anthony Rizzo. Uh, yeah, sure. Anthony Rizzo. Do that one. Uh, I think sometimes it's hard for third ba- first basemen to get in because there's so many good, powerful first basemen. But I think where he, like you know, exceeds expectations is when it comes to the glove. He's a platinum glover, a four-time Gold Glover, uh, three-time All Star, a Silver Slugger among a lot of good first basemen in the league. Uh, he's he's been in the top five yep. of the MVP voting twice. Uh, and he's still pretty young. He's at the age of 30. I think he's he's been a generational talent for the Cubs, and he'll only continue to get better. He's only at the age of 30, so there's more to come from him. Definitely, yeah. Next is Bryce Harper. He won MVP back yeah, in, so. was it 2017, I think? I'm drawing a blank. Um, yeah, and he's a great, um, you know, power hitter as well. Um, he's only 28 years old, and he has over 200 home runs. Um, no, it was, it was in 2015 when he had when he won MVP. Why did I say 2000? I don't know. But um, you know, he had, he's had such a great career so far. Um, I think he's definitely got potential to keep it up. He'll definitely yeah, yeah. he'll definitely be a Hall of Famer. Uh, next is Steven Strasburg, who's another great um, postseason pitcher. Um, he won World Series MVP back with the back in 2019 with the Washington Nationals. Um, yeah, going back to the postseason thing, 55 innings pitched, uh, well, 55 and a third innings pitched, 1.46 ERA. That's really good. Um, and yeah, I mean, he he's had such great years with the Nationals um, recently. I know 2020. He barely played. Um, he played like one game, but then he got injured afterwards, and so he'll be back probably mid-season. But I mean, he's just a great um, pitcher with the National. He has an ERA of three point one nine in his career, and it's yeah, very definitely. Impressive. You don't earn the name Mad Max for no reason. Yeah. Oh no, I don't know why I was yeah, saying that's Max Scherzer. Scherzer. What the hell are you talking uh, about? But go on. So you see, now now I'm doing a list, and now you're just intentionally trying to. Do you know how hard I've worked on this list? What, what number are we at now? Trying to keep time. Um, well, the number is sort of based on the the ranking, so it only shortened it when okay, I did a baseball fine. reference. But we're more than halfway done. All right. We're like eighty um, we'll percent done. We'll go on to the next one. I can see how much you really appreciate. I definitely. How much I you really appreciate the list. So thank you for that. I'm ecstatic right now. No, no. Next is Corey Kluber. Um, you know, he's had such a great career so far. I know he's been injured, 
mm-hmm. um, for a while. But, I mean, he has a career ERA of 3.16. Look at baseball reference, just the amount of complete games and shutouts. He's he has a lost art. sensational. Um, he's, he's won um, – yeah, definitely. He's won Cy Young twice. Um, I mean, obviously, he's going to have a great uh, winning percentage with the Yankees, so that will boost him um, in that category as well. And he's just, just a great pitcher, you know, great, solid – um, reliable pitcher that can definitely I, I think eat the up only thing holding him back, and I think he definitely will eventually make it. But my only thing holding him back is that he hasn't reached even the fifteen hundred strikeout mark, let alone the two thousand. Uh, I think he he's still a little old. I think he'll reach two thousand, but maybe that's like a cap for him because he's averaging. Let me see. He's averaging somewhere when when he's having a good season, somewhere around two hundred strikeouts. So. I'd say around 200. Yeah, but 200, I mean, he's getting older. He hasn't pitched in two years, so we'll have to see how he does. But you know, that's just up to up to like you know how good he is. I think the like you said, the Yankees will help him out, but how much will they help him out in his age 34 season? True. Um, we'll have to see. Maybe they mm-hmm. can get him a ring. That'll definitely add to his resume. Moving on, uh, Christian Yelich. I mean, he's another obvious one. You know, he's young, but he's won MVP, and he's just a great hitter. Um, you know, he's sort of the the Braves. Well, he is the Braves franchise, not the Braves. Excuse me, the Brewers uh, franchise player, and he's just a great guy. He's definitely got potential to be a Hall of Famer. Next is Francisco Lindor, definitely possible candidate. Gr- incredible fielder, great hitter as well. And, um, you know, joining the Mets, he's definitely got a lot of potential to help that team out. And I think he's 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 probably got enough to be um, a future Hall of Famer. I know he's years old. Um, let me see if I can find it. Yeah, he's only 27 years old, and um, he's definitely got the potential. He 2017, he finished fifth in MVP. 2018, he's, he finished sixth. So those are pretty good numbers. Um, next is Jose Ramirez. He's also another great candidate, um, for a future Hall of Famer. I mean, especially based off last season. I mean, he was just, um, incredible. And over the past, um, four years, well, in 27 and 2018, he finished third in MVP voting. And in 2020, he finished second, which goes to show how he's like, just barely there um, mm-hmm. to reach the MVP mark and great hitter. And he's, he's, he's still fairly young too. And I, I think he's still got potential. If he stays consistent, I yeah. think he could possibly be in the hall of fame one day. Um, after Jose Ramirez is Garrett Cole. I mean, he's just been ever since he went to the Astros and then to the Yankees, just absolutely a dominant pitcher, one of the best in the game. And if he keeps up with that, with his career, I mean, he's striking up batters left and right. He's definitely going to get at least 3,000 and join that club. And obviously, he's going to have a great winning percentage with the Yankees. He's definitely got potential to be a Hall of Famer. Um, actually, that is Yu Darvish. Yu Darvish, one of the main reasons – I mean, he's sort of an average pitcher, but one of the main reasons was um, that he is – that he's on the list is because he holds the MLB record for strikeouts per nine inning which is 11.1. 
And I mean, he's, he's had some really great seasons. He's had a bunch of great seasons with uh, the Texas Rangers. And I mean, last year with the Cubs, he was amazing. So he's definitely got potential to be um, a future Hall of Famer. Um, next is DJ LeMayhew, one of the best contact hitters in the game right now. He's been in MVP voting, you know, top three for a while now. He's definitely got potential since he's staying with the Yankees. He could definitely get. Uh, I I, I, I would like to all like offer um, the argument. Like I definitely think he could make it into the Hall of Fame, but I think you also have to take an account. And he's kind of disproven this with the Cordis effect, but I think baseball writers always have a problem with people from Colorado, no matter what happens. Well, they eventually, yeah, but they like eventually guys voted like, in um, guys like Larry Walker and Todd Helton. Larry like, Walker. And there's so much like. Well, that's because that's because Todd Helton spent his entire career with the um, Colorado Rockies. I mean, you look at Larry Walker; he spent, yeah, obviously the majority of his years. Uh, 10 years with them, but LeMahieu spent, yeah, seven years with them. But um, he also spent, you know, the beginning of his season, the beginning of his career with the Cubs. So, I mean, obviously, he, he's definitely got to um, play. Yeah, but I think, like, voters are going to take can... that into account. But, I mean, you think of the impact he's had with the Yankees. He's just, he's obviously their MVP. And he's yeah, but considering, like, I, I just, like, well. have to take, for any Colorado player, whether it be Nolan Arenado, Trevor Story, DJ LeMay, you, you always got to, like, think about whether people are going to take that into account. Because outside of, like, his splits prove that he's been better in Colorado and in New York. And I know, like, of course, Colorado has a high, like, a thinner air, but... You know, Yankee Stadium's pretty easy to hit in as well, so you can only throw so much at him, and the writers can only have so much bias before they let him in. So I might, it might be one of those scenarios where they turn it over to the Hall of Famers and the elders. It's possible. Uh, next is Chris Bryant. I know he had a bad year Real bad. Um, with the Cubs this year. Yeah. Um but, you know, he did win uh, Rookie of the Year and then MVP. And he's only played for six years. Um, he was an all-star for three of them. And, um, you know, if he's if he stays consistent, obviously, you know, not the way he did last year, but the way he did in, like, 2019. And if he keeps that up, he's definitely got potential to be um, all of Famer. You know, he also won the World Series with the, um, mm-hmm. with the Cubs in 2016 but i think he's definitely got potential i mean his war is 24.4 um i mean that's still pretty good even though he was like 29 years old that's it's still pretty good so i think he's definitely got potential um so moving along um after salvador perez is i'm sorry after chris Bryant, and salvador perez like you said he's obviously going to decline a little bit but he's only 30 years old and he's a great offensive catcher um and he's such a such a great player for the kansas city royals that i think he's definitely gonna have um potential in the future um you know he's won five golden gloves he's also won three silver sluggers so he's Mm -hmm. definitely one day might get in um next is jose abreu he started his career late um with the uh white Sox. you know he started at the age of 27 similar to jacob degrom but, I mean, he's just a power hitter, man. He won MVP this year. He's won Rookie of the Year. And, I mean, he's he might get in based on, you know, 
power that he had and his slugging percentage and on-base percentage. And, um, well, not really his on-base percentage, but mainly his slugging percentage and his OPS plus. Um, very impressive. Um, next is Alex Bregman. I know also because he's an Astro that he might get a lot of hate for it. But, I mean, he's a great hitter and a great defender as well. So leave it up to the writers to decide whether he will one day. Um, the last three are Xander Bogarts, JT Realmuto, and Cody Bellinger. Uh, Xander Bogarts, another great uh, contact hitter. Um, you know, with, especially with the Red Sox, he's got a lot of potential. JT Realmuto, he's a great offensive catcher, and he's probably the best catcher in the game. I mean, he is the best catcher in the game right now mm. besides Buster Posey. I mean, he's another story. But JT Realmuto is definitely the greatest catcher right now. And Cody Bellinger, he's got a ton of potential. You know, he's very young. He's won MVP. He's won World Series. He's been to All-Star games, um, stuff like that. Definitely um, keeps that up. Yeah, um, definitely get it. I, I definitely agree with almost everyone on your list. Uh, the only one of those last three that I, like, contend or, like, you know, uh, kind of have a problem with would maybe be GAT because, he, I mean, he's had two great seasons. But outside of that, his career numbers aren't high for a catcher. And uh, he, like you said, he is the greatest catcher right now, but that's in not very stacked catching position for, you know, this this year and, like, for maybe a year or two going forward. Uh, but we're just going to have to see. Uh, he's True. also kind of, like, a little bit older and he's a lot more aware on his knees. So let's see how much he can keep up him being a sort of fast catcher. He has some sort of speed for his, you know, position. So I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see. True, yeah. And so, I mean, going back to the beginning of the list, you know, Albert Pujols, number one with 100.8 war, um, all the way to um, Cody Bellinger, who's mm-hmm. at um, 18.9 war. So, I mean, just goes to show how, you know, the game is really changing and, you know, all these players have had such great careers and I think that they could all potentially be Absolutely. future Hall of Famers um, going Absolutely. into the 2021 season. So, yeah. Um, so we're just about done with the, the podcast. Um, Mikey, final thoughts. Walk it off. What are you approaching think? the uh, this is the last podcast before opening day week. I think actually we might do one on the Monday because uh, opening days on a Thursday. I don't know. We haven't decided yet. Maybe we'll do a we'll do maybe we'll do a Thursday special like after we'll the see. opening day games on our thoughts. Uh, it's going to be an exciting week to just you know wait and get ahead for baseball. Uh, I you know I personally can't wait because I know both Matt and I we have exciting teams to watch in the top ten rank for like power rankings. So I just can't wait for the season to start and to see what happens, no matter what happens to the Mets or the Yankees, whether they win it all, they have a crappy season or anywhere in between. I just can't wait. Definitely. Yeah. It's going to be a great season, you know, especially having fans back and everything. It's going to be a lot of fun and um, yeah, it's hoping for the best. Everyone stays healthy and, you know, we're going to have a good season. Everyone yep. back in business. Absolutely. It's going to be a lot of fun. 
All right, you want to close right, it out? Yeah, sounds good. All right, yeah, so um, we'll be doing probably half-hour ones. Yeah, yeah, probably, this. because there's only so much we could talk about think? for Sunday Night Baseball or what's going on. Uh, but we will have some special episodes throughout the season. Uh, I know we've talked about doing a Mount Rushmore for each team, like, you know, yeah, yeah, and some like you know generational talents for teams, and who's the most important to each franchise. But that's in the works and to be seen in the future. So uh, I guess I'll we'll end it here. Thanks everyone for listening, and have a good night.